0: Is not what I'm going to preach today. God, God took me a different direction as I was preparing. So um, the outline though reflects where I'm going today, not the other verse. But that Second Samuel passage is good passage. <laughs> don't don't just throw it out. There's always value in every every word that's in the Bible. Amen. But today I want to talk a little bit about wisdom regarding marriage, and we find wisdom in several books, but especially in the book of Proverbs. And so, uh, I'm disappointed Don's not here today because he would enjoy the fact that I'm preaching from Proverbs. Uh, The value of Proverbs is that it does provide wisdom for us in every phase of our life. Have you noticed that? If you've been in Proverbs much. um, Proverbs teaches us how to deal with man. Billy Graham said he read Proverbs and Psalms every day. Psalms to keep him right with God. Proverbs to keep him right with man. Because if we don't have the rightness with man... It's hard to keep the rightness with God, but if we'll have a right walk with God we'll be able to deal with man better so Proverbs talks about that we're in the we're in this uh, series after the Rose uh, kind of a hitchhike off of the uh, TV Bachelor and Bachelorette thing you can see kind of that same uh, font style and what have you but um, whether it be family business social or spiritual relationships we Find inspired advice that can enable us in the book of Proverbs to walk in wisdom and according to Ephesians 5, redeeming the time because the days are evil, and boy, they are, aren't they? More and more we see terrible things happening all the time. But I want us to examine what Proverbs has to say regarding marriage. Uh, but I want to begin with this story Adam and Eve were arguing. And Eve was accusing Adam of seeing another woman. And Adam assured her that she was the only woman for him. There weren't any other women. That night as they went to sleep, Adam dreaming dreams. Either it was a dream or it was real, but something was poking him in the side. And he awoke. And when he awoke, he noticed that it was Eve poking him in the side. And he said, Eve, what are you doing? She said, I'm counting ribs. I'm counting ribs. Anybody get that, that joke? It's pretty lame, isn't it? Thank you. At the time I read it, I thought, that's pretty good. I'll throw that in there. Maybe I should not leave those out. Anyway, I want to talk to you today about selecting a wife. And then I'm going to talk to you about selecting a husband. If you've already done that, well, maybe this will fit. If you haven't already done that, uh, here's some good advice for you. But What's the importance of making the right choice? Well, much happiness in life depends upon the right choice that we make. If we make a bad choice, that shows up, doesn't it? A good choice greatly enhances the life of a husband. But the wrong choice can destroy a man from the inside out. It's folly to think that a mistake in in that area can be easily corrected. If you've got the wrong woman, if you've married the wrong woman, your life is miserable. I've met some men that married the wrong woman. Their lives are miserable. I've met some men that have married the right woman, though, and they're happy men. Isn't that funny how it works? But if you follow Scripture, you'll do a lot better in making your choices. It's a mistake to think that uh, you can correct if you make the wrong choice. Many think divorce is the easy solution. God hates divorce. And remarriage may not be a viable option for a follower of Christ, according to Malachi 2 and Matthew 19. But even when it is, if there are children involved, the selection that you make will always be whoever you first chose and began to have your children. They're going to always be the mother of your children. It's that simple. You can bring another woman into the household. She's going to have to deal with that other woman's children. Period. This is the way it's going to be. So it's better to make the right choice up front, isn't it? If you make that right choice up front, things are going to work out in the right way, especially for you. A man needs wisdom from God in choosing whom to marry. So what are the guidelines to finding a good wife? Here we go. First, seek help from God. In Proverbs 19.14, it says, Home and possessions are an inheritance from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. So if your mom and dad are going to leave you a bunch of money, just shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it won't do much good to spend it if you don't have a good wife that's going to help you spend it the right way. Amen? Amen? Come on, we're small in number. I'm going to have to drag it out of you today. Come on. Success in seeking help from God may depend more on your relationship with God than you think. It's a very serious matter. Don't go it alone. Let God be a part of the process. Secondly, do not place priority on good looks alone. Proverbs 31.30. Uh, is that on the next slide? There it is. Charm is deceptive and beauty fleeting. The woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Amen. You see, beauty can change overnight. You have one wreck and you don't have a beautiful person anymore. Quote, unquote. Carrie Underwood, popular country western singer, uh, had some kind of a... Something happened to she... Cut her face or something. She fell off off the stage and cut her cut her face. And and she's been in hiding because it's disfigured her. And she thinks that if she comes out with that big scar on her face, I guess people aren't gonna look at her anymore. Huh. Well we're not looking at her as much as we're listening to her, amen. Put her behind a screen, let her sing. Amen. <laughs> Beauty is skin deep. It's temporary. The older you get, the more you understand that. I used to. I look back at some of my pictures coming out of high school and in college. Man, I was a handsome guy. Had that long hair down here. That was the style back then, wasn't it? Guys wore their hair down below their ears. Yeah, it's awesome. I was even skinny back then. It was awesome. I don't know what's happened. <laughs> Life, I guess. A poor foundation, uh, beauty is a poor foundation to build a lifelong relationship. But most marriages are built little more than on physical attraction. Number three, instead look for these characteristics in a woman. First of all, fear the Lord. Proverbs 31.30, we just, we just read that one. Such a woman possesses the beginning of Wisdom. Having a wife who is a devout Christian should be primary concern. You need to have somebody that believes like you believe. If you don't, boy, there's trouble in River City. Because when you come, kids come along, you're going to train the kids in the way of the Lord. They're going to want to take them one way. You're going to take them another way. It's not going to work very well. Normally the dad stays at home. The wife, the wife brings the kids to church. It's rare to see the husband bringing the kids to church and the wife stays home. But it's, it does happen. Next, you need to, they need to have discretion. Proverbs 11:22. Like a golden ring in a swine's snout well, that's a great way to put that in is a beautiful woman without judgment. That's <laughs> like um, honeybee honey vomit coming out of the mouth. Discretion. It's the ability to do the right thing at the right time. Without this, beauty's worthless and can even be a, an object of ridicule. You remember the old dumb blonde jokes, right? They need to have wisdom, Proverbs 141. Wisdom builds her house, but folly tears hers down with her own hands. This is a virtue in a woman. It's, it's a good home, can be built because that woman has wisdom. Without it, efforts by the husband are undermined by the wife. And then, number four, avoid a woman who is contentious or argumentative. Ever met a couple like that where the wife's argumentative? She's always got to have the last word? Oof. Uh, Proverbs 19. 13 and 27, 15 and 16 give picturesque descriptions of such a woman who's contentious. The foolish son is ruined to his father and a quarrelsome wife is water constantly dripping. You ever had a constant drip and you just hear it? Tunk, 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 tunk. That's the way a contentious, quarrelsome wife is. Drives you Crazy drives you absolutely crazy. It's better to be single and alone to, than to be married to the wrong person. An elderly Italian man lying lay dying in his bed while suffering the agonies of his impending death, he suddenly smelled the aroma of his favorite Italian sprinkle cookies wafting up the stairs. Gathering his remaining strength, he lifted himself from the bed, leaning against the wall, slowly he made his way out of the bedroom, and with even greater effort, gripping the railing with both hands, he crawled downstairs. Labor, with labored breath, he leaned against the door frame, gazing into the kitchen. Were not For death's agony he would have thought himself already in heaven, for there spread out upon wax paper on the kitchen table were hundreds of his favorite sprinkled cookies. Was it heaven or was it one final act of heroic love from his devoted Italian wife of sixty years, seeing that he left this world and was going to leave this world a happy man? Mustering one great final effort, he threw himself towards the table, landing on his knees in a crumpled posture. His parched lips parted, and the wondrous taste of the cookie was already in his mouth, seemingly bringing him back to life. The aged and withered hand trembled on its way to the cookie at the edge of the table when it was suddenly smacked with a spatula by his wife. "'Back off,' she said." Therefore the funeral. <laughs> Boy, these are just not going where I thought they'd go today. To be married to a godly woman is a wonderful blessing from the Lord. With the aid of Proverbs, we are more likely to have a good spouse. But the same is true for a woman, so I want to talk to you about how do you select a husband. There are all ways to learn about a man. First, you look at how does he treat animals. Proverbs 12.10. Says the just take care of their livestock, but the compassion of the wicked is cruel. You know, how does he take care of his animals? Does he love them? Does he care about them? Does he show compassion and empathy toward them? Or does he chain them up outside and it doesn't matter what the weather's like? Secondly, does he listen to the advice of others? Proverbs twelve fifteen. The way of fools is right in their own eyes, but those who listen to advice are the wise. Does he listen to advice, or does he just go on his own way and do his own thing, and it doesn't matter what anybody says or what anybody's going to do? I'm here. I go. What? I'm going to do it. Third, ladies, what type of company does he keep? You might be destroyed along with him if you're not careful. Proverbs thirteen twenty. Walk with the wise and you become wise, but the companion of fools fares badly. Your mother always said, don't hang around with. She was right. And you had to admit it. She didn't always want to admit it. Don't hang around them. Next, is he quick-tempered? Reveals whether he is a person of understanding or not. Proverbs 14.29. Long suffering results in great wisdom. A short temper raises folly high. You're going to make great mistakes when you have a quick temper. True? You know people with a quick temper? They're always getting in trouble and creating trouble. So, ladies, if you've got a man that's quick tempered, run. I used to, how many of you watched the Lost in Space series years and years ago? They had that robot on there. And he'd just fling his arms and say, Warning, Will Robinson, warning, danger, danger. I remember that. Every time I get around something I shouldn't be around, I see that robot swinging his arms at me. Next, how does he make money? If he makes his money with ill-gotten gain, you as the wife will suffer the consequence of that. Proverbs fifteen twenty-seven: The greedy tear down their own house, but those who hate bribes, we live. You know, we live in a state where going to the casino is a huh, let's just do it. People go bankrupt going to the casino unless you go to Buffalo Run up in Miami, Oklahoma. They have the loosest slots in town. I mean, in the state. Right? I mean, that's what they say. You go up there, people are winning thousands and thousands, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars just on the slot machine. If you believe that, man? I've got some land in Florida. I need to sell you. So how does he make his money? Next, does he feel like he always has to put in his two cents? In other words, does he have to have the last word? A guy gave me some great wisdom several years ago. He said, you'll know you're maturing in your walk with God and in your own life when you don't have to have the last word. It's so true. It's so true. Proverbs 17, 27 and 28. 27. Those who spare their words are truly knowledgeable, and those who are discreet are intelligent. Even fools keeping silent are considered wise if they keep their uh, lips closed, and then it shows intelligence. Shows intelligence. Does he feel like he always has to put in his two cents worth? Next, does he have compassion for the poor? If he does, his prayers will be answered. Look at Proverbs 21.13. That one's not on there? Okay. We'll skip skip and keep going. So you can see how the Proverbs can guide a woman in deciding who to marry. Now, women, let me give you some tips on men you should definitely avoid. Number one, is he a womanizer? Proverbs 6, 27-29. Can a man take embers into his bosom and his garments not be burned? Or can a man walk on live coals and his feet not be scorched? So with him who sleeps with another's wife, none who touches her shall go unpunished. Is he a womanizer? That was my father. When I was ten, I asked my mother where my dad was going. It was like three in the afternoon. She said, well, follow him. All I had was a bicycle to ride. Well, my dad drove really slow. <laughs> so I followed him. Followed him to, a, he went about a mile and a half away from our house, up on a hill where we, it was an old rickety house. And we kids, we always said, that's where the witch lives. Well, she wasn't a witch. But that's where my dad went. He was a womanizer. And I've never forgotten that. If he flaunts God's will before he's married, what assurances are there that he will not flaunt God's will after he's married? If he thinks that he has a better plan than God does, stay away from him. Secondly, a quick-tempered man, as we mentioned before. Uh, you will become like him and destroy yourself as well if you're married to a quick-tempered man. Proverbs 22 Twenty-four and twenty-five. Do not be friendly with hotheads, nor associate with the wrathful, lest you learn their ways and become ensnared. It's true. Women, if you've got a hot-tempered man, you're going to end up becoming a hot-tempered woman because you'll have to just to survive. Men are usually on their best behavior before marriage. <laughs> so if you see them angry before you're married to them, just guess what they're going to be like after you're married to them. Oh, but I'm going to change him. No. Good luck. You're not going to change him. Avoid a man also that's a drinker. Alcohol has destroyed many a good man. Proverbs 23. Do not. Do you see those skilled at their work? They will stand in the presence of kings, but not in the presence of the obscure. Alcohol has destroyed men and women, Most husbands become verbally and physically abusive after they've drank alcohol and are in a drunken state. Again, ladies, I would say it's better to be single and alone than to be married to the wrong person. Let me see if this one will resonate with you. Marriage is a relationship in which one person is always right and the other person is usually the husband. (laughs) Well... Thank you. When our lawn more broke and wouldn't run, my wife kept hinting to me that I should get it fixed. Somehow, I always had something else to take care of first, the truck, the car, email, phishing, always something more important to me. Finally, she thought of a clever way to make her point. When I arrived home one day, I found her seated in the tall grass, busily snipping away with a tiny pair of sewing scissors. I watched silently for a short time, then went into the house. I was gone only a few minutes, and when I came out again, I handed her a toothbrush. Hey, when you're finished cutting the grass, well, you might as well swoop the driveway. The doctors say, I will walk again, (laughs) but it will always be with a limp. I got a little more out of that one, didn't I? So what's all this mean to me? Among the most important decisions we make in life are two. With whom I shall spend my life and who shall be the father or mother of my children. I would quickly add a third one in there, and that is, who's going to be your Savior? That probably should be number one. But it's very important, the choices that you make. Divorce and remarriage, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. For the Christian. Now, if there's a the death of a of a spouse, then that's one thing. But all the rest of it's gray area. Of course, infidelity is there too. But who shall be the father or mother of my children? You know, that's a tremendous thing to consider. Because you've got to make sure you've got the right one in each position. There's times when moms are just overloaded, aren't they? If they're the stay-at-home mom, they've got the kids, and then dads are off doing their thing, and then they come in and wonder why she's all wore out and frustrated and screaming and yelling. It's because she's had to deal with little kids all day. It's tough sometimes to keep a balance. Divorce can become a violent action with very long-lasting effects. I suggest to couples who are arguing and fighting and think, contemplating divorce that they consider a separation for a time, a measured time, with the intent that they're going to come back together once they've cooled off and then we can sit down and talk more. There's a way to reconcile it. And I've told you before, the best way to keep your marriage intact is to grab hold of the cross. Each of you grab hold of the cross with one hand, and then you slap each other with the other hand. Okay? Not literally, but you understand what I'm saying. But always remember that your, your focus and your foundation and your holding on to the cross will keep you together. If you don't have Jesus in the middle touching you, with you to feel Him and touch Him, your marriage is going to be in tough shape to hold on to anyway. So I want to close with prayer, and then uh, we'll sing our invitation song. And we'll sing it, in Acapella, He touched Me. If your marriage is struggling, it would be a great time to pray about it. Uh, it would be a difficult thing to step forward and say, you know, I'm just having a hard time in my marriage. Especially with a small church because we all know each other, don't we? And there's some, there's a bit of embarrassment there. I understand that. But you can pray right where you are. And if you're struggling in that area, let God help you with that. If you need some additional help with that, if you need somebody to talk to you about that, let us know that as well. We're here to help and do what we can to make your marriage a vibrant, strong and example for those around you, and especially for your children. But we're going to offer an invitation, and if you have a decision, would you make it? But let's pray, and then we'll stand and sing. Father, I ask you to move among us and move among these folks here this morning. We may be few in number, but Satan still works on everyone. We can have a large church, but the problems will be the same. So, Father, I pray today that if there's anyone in this room, if there's any couple in this room that's just having some marital struggles, that you would be so gracious as to move in their heart and help them to understand that there is hope. There is hope. And that hope is found at the cross. So maybe they just need a time of Rededication, recommitment, would you grant that to them? But Father, whatever decision needs to be made, if there is one, would they be courageous enough to make it today as we sing together in Jesus' name? Amen. Let's stand and sing this song of invitation together.